The following podcast is from Doxa Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org. You know, the, the Bible is interesting in some of the word pictures that it paints. Um, and, and some of them can be more difficult than some of us to, for some of us to relate to. Uh, Charles and I have been talking about this the past uh, few weeks. Uh, uh, for some of us, the, like, the, the fact that uh, like we're called the bride of Christ, the church is called the bride. And uh, for some guys, that can be difficult to relate to. Some it's not so hard. Um, there's other pictures that it paints. Uh, one that's kind of a, a weird for us as Americans and um, maybe just in general is that it, it, it talks a lot about sheep and talks a lot about shepherd. Do you hear how uh, it went in this passage that Dale read, that he, he looked over the crowd and he saw that they were sheep without a shepherd. And sometimes that can be hard to relate to. Uh, you know, like, a, I'm, I'm like a, a sheep, I'm like a livestock, I don't understand, like, how oh, the correlation is there. Um, you know, I know, like, before I got my hair cut, uh, it was getting kind of wooly. Uh, by the way, guys, um, I just thought I would just give you all a heads up so you can uh, bring it as we, we shot a video. And I hate video. I hate pictures. I hate video. We shot a video two days ago that we're going to be putting on the web as part of our, we're going to be doing some kind of promotion thing. And uh, so I was the one that was drew the, the short straw to be in the video, and I made, I don't know if it was a mistake or not, but my mop was looking pretty bad, and so I, I called my guy and said, hey, we're shooting this video tomorrow. I didn't know this was going to happen. Could you, you know, help me out a little bit? And so I saw him right before I went to get the video shoot, and uh, whenever I looked up after we were done uh, in the chair, I had sort of a... a a Bieber hairstyle kind of going on. There was some like a lot of like this going on in the front and some stuff like this in the back. So, um, you know, you guys can, when you, whenever you see the video, you can, I don't mind if you make fun of me because it looks kind of silly and uh, hopefully it's not too, well, we'll ho- hopefully it's all right. But anyway, uh, I was saying something about sheep and, uh, and wool. I'm oh, sorry, I got, I got sidetracked by that idea of the, of the haircut. But, you know, like how do I relate to sheep? How do I relate to that? Uh, but but here, here's a couple of questions I want to think about this morning. Uh, have you ever felt lost, abandoned, or stuck? In your life, maybe now, do you ever feel lost? Like, like somewhere you, you took a wrong turn and, and how did you end up here? Because maybe your life is different than mine, but life is full of unexpected twists and turns. I, I don't know anybody. I'm sure, that, I'm sure they exist, but I know very, very few people who their life today looks exactly like they thought they was going to look years ago. And if their life does, and they're not very old yet, and it's there, but if you give them some extra time, they're going to find out that life takes some unexpected turns. You may not live where you thought you were going to live in the kind of house that you thought you were going to live in. You may not be married to the kind of person you thought you were going to be married to, or maybe you thought you'd be married by now and you're not, or your kids aren't going to turn exactly out like you thought they were going to turn out, and your church plan isn't going to go exactly like you planned it to go. There's going to be twists and turns along the way, and sometimes if we're honest with ourselves as we are laying in bed, lying in bed at night, about to go to sleep, and we have those quiet moments, or the the car whenever you forgot to cut the radio on, and you're not checking your text messages or Facebook while you're driving, you have that quiet moment, and you're honest with yourself, and you say, 
my life hasn't exactly turned out like I thought it was going to turn out. And I don't know how to get where I need to go from here. Maybe you feel uh, abandoned. You ever felt abandoned? Like you just wish somebody could come along and help you get to where you need to go, but nobody's like signing up to help you with that. Like if I just had some help, if I just had this extra amount of money, or if I had somebody who could just coach me, or somebody that could just give me a break at work, or or do this or that, then they could just just give me a push, give me a give me a like I'm kind of I'm kind of lodged in there. Somebody could just give me a a nice from behind, like I could I could get where I need to go. But you're stuck. You're abandoned. Have you ever felt directionless? Ever wake up one morning and just like, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. Like I'm doing the deal. Like I, like I know I have to get up and I have to wake up the kids or I have to have breakfast, I have to be at work, I have to whatever it is that you have to do, but you just don't know what you're doing. I, I don't know, maybe you haven't experienced this, but sometimes uh, when I'm driving, and particularly long blank stretches, like the, the stretch between, say, uh, you know, if you're on 701 between Conway and Georgetown, or if you're on uh, 20 between Florence and Columbia where there is nothing, or some stretch of some highway somewhere, and like you, you, you come to and you realize, like, I don't remember the last, like, 10, 20, 30, 50 miles. Like, I don't remember it at all. Like, I know I'm here, and I know I got here somehow, but I don't, it's, it's off the radar. I don't remember it. Or it's late at night, and you know, like, you come to, and you realize you are sleeping on the, on the road, and you're like, how did I get here? Like, that doesn't just happen to me on the road. That happens to me in life sometimes. There are days that I actually, I wake up, and I'm like, I don't know where the last month went. I just, like, was in autopilot but I don't know where in the world I am going. I'm directionless sometimes. When we feel that way, there's a fear that can kind of creep in. Like I took a wrong turn somewhere along the way in my life and that really set me on the wrong course. I'm not gonna be able to find my way back. You don't have to nod your head, but have you ever wondered that yourself? You ever had that kind of sneaking fear back here? the back of your head, somewhere in your heart, wondering like, maybe I should have gone to that school instead of that school. Or maybe I should have gone to school. Or maybe I had the wrong major. Maybe I, maybe I married the wrong person. Maybe I shouldn't be a mother or a father. And you wonder, did I take a wrong turn? And it's just kind of all over. Can I ever find my way back? And that's why as human beings, when we have those feelings, we're always looking for a better leader. Aren't we always, like, maybe you have a political mind, you're always looking for somebody that's going to come along, that's going to fix the problems of the country, that's going to, quote, get us back on track. And every person you think that comes along that's going to be that person, it never quite pans out like you hoped it would pan out. Or maybe you're looking for a, a better girlfriend or a better boyfriend or a better mate. Maybe you are actively or passively looking for a better mate. Because you just think, if I find that person that can help me get where I need to go, they're going to get me there. Or maybe you're looking for a better boss. If I just had a better boss, they could get me there. 
They wouldn't, if they really appreciated me for who I was or saw the potential in me, then they could help me get on my way. We're always looking for a better something, a better boss, a better leader, a better church, a better pastor. If I just had a better pastor, maybe I would do better. Maybe if I had a better community group leader or a small group leader, Maybe I would get where I need to go. You know why we had those longs, longings, those, we had the, those emotions, those feelings? Because we're really like sheep. Because you see, sheep need a shepherd. I don't know what you know about sheep, but uh, sheep are pretty, fairly stupid creatures. They, they, don't, they don't live on their, on their own very long or very well. They don't naturally just go out and find what they need to, to, what they need to eat and drink for sustenance. If sheep have been known, if, you, if, if a sheep tries to drink from a stream that's moving too fast, that this, and, and, this, and, the, and the stream kind of goes over their nostrils, sheep have been known to actually drown while drinking in a fast-moving stream because they're not smart enough. Uh, sheep ideally need very still water to go to so they can drink safely. Sheep have no natural protection against predators. And the wool doesn't exactly help them out in the wild. They're always getting stuck in thorn bushes and bushes, and they kind of wander off. They, they kind of get distracted. I don't know if you're ever like this, like you just kind of get distracted. I was sitting yesterday, and I was supposed to be finding myself several times. I was supposed to be doing sermon prep, and I realized like I'm looking at a website, or I'm about to order something online, or I'm looking watching uh, downhill skiing or cross, cross country skiing on the, on, the, on the Winter Olympics with the sound off, like that was gonna help me to focus. I just found myself drifting. And sheep do that, and that's why we do that, because we're a lot like sheep. We need help, we need guidance, we need somebody to push us along and pull us along. And that's why in this passage, we see as Jesus has been leading his, his, starting out his ministry, he's called the, the 12 apostles to be his, and then the beginning of this chapter, he sends them out to minister. And then when we get to verse 30, the apostles had been out ministering, and they had really great success. They went out and they were healing people just like Jesus has been doing. They've been casting out demons just as Jesus has been doing. We've been covering that the past few weeks. And the apostles, verse 30, returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. So they were busy. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. So they were, they, they were a phenomenon Jesus had showed up and he was healing people. He was casting out demons. He had a huge, incredible following. People were coming out to the area of Galilee, which we said wasn't exactly like a desirable place to be. It wasn't the hot spot that everybody was moving to. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the cool neighborhood. People were coming out to see Jesus. And then he sends out his apostles. And so it's getting even bigger. The apostles are going out and they're doing the same thing Jesus did. And there's huge crowds now involved in following him. And now they're, they're coming, as they come back to Jesus, the crowd are following the apostles back to Jesus. So huge crowds. And why were they following? Because, um, because, because they were healing them. Two years ago, uh, next month, 
uh, I was in uh, India, and I was in a, a region called Bihar, Bihar, India. It's a, it's a state about the size of Tennessee, and it has 100 million people that live there. Million. 100 million people live in a state the size of Tennessee. And it's one of the poorest areas in the entire world. And they don't have access to health care or anything like we have. Even their best health care is years behind us. But if you're out in the villages, if you're the average poor peasant in the middle, in the middle of the countryside in, 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 that, in Bihar, India, if you're sick, you're just sick. We went and we visited one of the local house churches there. And we spent, we spent, I don't know how long we spent, an hour or more. And there was a group of maybe, I don't know, 75 people there. We spent an, at least an hour just praying for people to be healed because they didn't have anywhere else to turn. So no wonder they were coming out and following Jesus. They couldn't check into the minute clinic. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when they went ashore, ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. That's an interesting word because that's actually this word in the original language, Greek, when it says he had compassion on them, it's, it's only used like four or five times and it's only used to Jesus. Jesus looked on the crowds that they were coming and rushing to him and he had to be tired. They've been crowding upon him all the time. The apostles had to be tired. They'd been traveling out in the countryside. The people came and pushed in. When he saw them, though, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They felt directionless. They were adrift. They were asleep at the wheel, and he saw that, and he had compassion upon them. He knew they needed a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. When the hour is now late, send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. See, the disciples were looking ahead. They thought, Jesus, he's so caught up in teaching. Like a lot of, a lot of times you guys th- might think like, hey, he's so caught up in teaching. He doesn't understand like lunchtime is coming. And so the disciples were looking around and they were paying atten- attention and the shadows were getting long and the day was getting late. And there was no like, uh, no olive garden around the corner. There was no, uh, there was no quick stop. There was no like, cheeseburgers at McDonald's around the corner or, or my, my daughter would be so bummed. There was no Bojangles down the street that she could go and get something, some chicken tenders and some fries. There was nothing out there. A crowd of 5,000 men, and Matthew, when he gives the account of this, it says 5,000 men, and that's not counting women and children. So how big is this crowd? We don't know. Five, 10, 15,000 people could be more, we don't know, sitting out in the middle of the wilderness. 
And so the disciples are looking around. They say, hey, Jesus isn't paying attention. These people are going to be hungry, and this is going to go bad fast. Like, we're getting some traction here. We're getting a big crowd. We've got a mega church going on. But this could all go bad. We're going to get really bad, bad PR when these people get hungry, and they can't eat, and they, they have to spend all night in the wilderness and like it's going to be bad. They're going to be tweeting. It's going to be all over the place. It's going to go bad fast. And they, so they come to Jesus and say, hey, it's getting late. You need to send them away. And then, because you see, they said this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go in the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. See, Jesus... The shepherd, not only do we need a shepherd, but the shepherd will lead us into the wilderness. The shepherd will lead you into the wilderness. Jesus set this up. And God, in his sovereignty and God's sovereignty, somehow he had set it up so they wouldn't be in the middle of the mall food court, but they would be in the middle of the wilderness it reminds me a lot of uh, Psalm 23. You guys, this is one section that no matter, almost, no matter what your background is like, you probably know this, this piece of uh, scripture. It's so nice. It's so encouraging. We've heard it read at, at funerals. We've heard it read beside sick bedsides. We've heard people repeat them. We've seen them on coffee mugs and calendars and T-shirts and uh, all the kitschy Christian stuff that's in, the, in this world. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Listen to this. Even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, Jesus is going to lead you into the wilderness. He leads us all into the wilderness. Because it's in the wilderness we realize that we didn't bring anything to the table. For some reason, this crowd has caught up in such a frenzy, nobody packed a lunch. Isn't that crazy? Nobody had packed a lunch. They find themselves in the wilderness, and nobody had packed a lunch. And it's going to go bad. Why did that happen? Because God and his sovereignty is going to lead all of us as a shepherd. He's going to lead the sheep into the wilderness. Because what happens in the wilderness? Look at the rest of that passage in, in Mark, uh, Mark 6. He said, send, they said uh, to send them away. Verse 37, but he answered them. He answered them, you Give them something to eat. So Jesus is putting the onus on them. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? So a, denari a denarius was about a day's wage. So they're talking about eight months or more worth of, uh, 
worth of wages. You're talking about some money, thousands and thousands of dollars that it would take just to buy bread for this crowd in the wilderness. And, and where would they find it? Because the villages that are surrounding this area, even, this, even the villages that are there that are outside of the, around the, the wilderness area, they're about 2,000, 3,000 people apiece. They don't have the ability to even if, they, if, even if they could sell it to them, they don't have the ability to produce enough bread for all those people. Those people are going to go hungry. Because, see, the sheep, even though we need a shepherd, the sheep can't understand the shepherd's ways. Even though the shepherd has our best idea in mind, our best, our, our, our best future in mind, we can't quite understand the shepherd's ways. Because his ways are above our ways, because we're just sheep. I've given you guys the illustration a couple weeks ago, my son Landon, like, every time we deny him something, he thinks the world is going to end. He falls down in a heap on the ground. He, he, he feels it so deeply. His, 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 his tears are just pouring into the carpet. He, his life is over. He collapses. He's wailing because we told him he can't have a piece of candy before dinner or because he, he can't jump off the sofa or he can't do something crazy that's going to be self-destructive. We, you can't do this. He thinks the world is over, but we have have his best intentions in mind. Like we're not trying to torture him or to make his world tougher than it is. We actually have his best intentions in mind. If you say, if we say like you can't jump off the back, the back of that chair, it's because we know he's gonna hurt himself. But he doesn't understand that. He thinks we're just denying him. We think that we're, he thinks that we're trying to set him up for something bad. And when the shepherd leads us through the wilderness, we think he's trying to set us up for failure. But it's actually he has our best idea in mind, but we can't understand it. But see, like sheep, we're always looking around, wondering, like, where, 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 where's help going to come from? How can I get out of here? Where's the path? Where's the path out of this? And we're going to scamper away and find, and find another way. But the shepherd, you see has our best in mind. Because you see, the shepherd, not only does he have his best in mind, he will provide sustenance. Look at this. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. How stupid must these disciples have felt? I mean, because that's really a stupid question, isn't it? It would be sort of like, like you and I are walking in Walmart one day, and I say, let's buy Walmart. <laughs> and you're like, how, how, sure, Mr. Crazy Man, how is this going to happen? And I say, Good. Let's, let's pull out our wallets and see how much money we have between us. It's ridiculous. 5,000 men, more kids and women hanging around, running around. The day is getting late. They're getting hungry. Everybody's restless. Like at the end of the church service, everybody's kind of restless, wondering what's going on here. And Jesus says, why don't you count up how much food you have? And when they had found out, they said, five, we have five loaves and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. 
So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. Because see, the, sh- the shepherd is going to provide sustenance for the sheep. When, when you are in the wilderness and you're, you're wondering, you feel lost, you feel dry, times are tough, your marriage isn't going well, work's not going well, the kids are driving you crazy, you don't really want to be here, your life doesn't look like you wanted it to look like, you're restless, you're wondering, you're not satisfied, you're not happy, you're hurting, you're tired, you're ready to give up. When you're in the wilderness, you're there because the shepherd led you there and he wants you to see that you don't have enough. You empty your pockets, you empty your lunchbox, and there's not enough, and you know it. But it's only obvious when you're in the wilderness. It's only obvious when you've come to an end of yourself. And you realize it. And in that moment, he tells you to empty your pockets, not to embarrass you, but to show you I got this. You ever feel like you just can't get a breath? Like you're, like you're treading water and it might be work, it might be family, it might just be life and generally you're like, man, if I could just, if I could just ha- have a day, a week, if I could have a month where I could just kind of get everything straight, then I could be back on top of it again. But the truth is if you did, it would be back up, you would be going under again because that, that is what life is like. And he brings us there to the end of ourselves to show us that we have nothing. Five loaves and two fish, that's nothing to feed all this crowd. Then he commanded them all to sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave them, gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and we're satisfied. We don't know how that happened. We don't know when it multiplied. I, I don't understand exactly how it happened. Did he keep breaking the bread and keep handing it off? Did he, did he throw it in the baskets and then keep appearing in the baskets? Did it pop up like popcorn and they carried it around? I don't know what it looked like, but somehow five loaves and two fish, there's 5,000 men, more women. They're divided in groups of 50s and 100s and all of a sudden, Somehow there's enough to go around and they all eat their fill and they are all satisfied. Because when Jesus, when this good shepherd leads us into the wilderness, he will provide sustenance for you there. The problem is when you're the sheep that keeps looking around for another way, another shepherd, a better way, and you take off that way and you find yourself caught in the brambles. Then he has to come and find you. And you know those like weird pictures of, of Jesus like has a, a lamb around his shoulders? You guys have ever seen that? The, the weird picture where he has a lamb around his shoulders? Well, it's kind of a weird picture, but it has a meaning. And it's not a cute, like cutesy put on a t-shirt kind of meaning. When a, when, when, a, when a shepherd would find a sheep that ran away, caught in the brambles, in order to teach the sheep a lesson, you know what he would do? He would break his legs and carry him around on his shoulders 
so that the sheep would get used to being with the shepherd and hearing his voice. It wouldn't follow somebody else. And when we run the other way, that is inevitably what happens because the good shepherd wants what's best for you. And that's not what's best. What's best is to be with him. Because here's the thing. We see that he provides for them. They all ate and were satisfied, and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of, and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. They had, they had leftovers. Not only will the shepherd provide the sustenance, but you see, the shepherd himself is the sustenance. What they needed most, the crowd in the wilderness, wasn't food. What the disciples needed wasn't 200 denarii to go and buy some bread for this crowd. What they needed, they had all along. It was him. And he would give that in super abundance. Just as they had leftover for the 12 baskets afterwards, he would give himself in super abundance. Think about, what it's, think about the wording it said. Let's see if this sounds familiar. It says that he took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it and gave it to the disciples. What does that sound like? It sounds like communion. It sounds like the Last Supper, whenever he would sit down with the disciples, and he would break the bread, and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he would take the cup, and he would say, this is the cup the new covenant for the remission of your sins, take and drink. He would give himself in super abundance. In John 6.35, you don't have to turn there, but you can if you like. In John 6.35, and we'll be wrapping it up. It says, Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them what? What did he say? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. When the Israelites were following Moses out in the wilderness, again, the wilderness, when they were following him through the wilderness, uh, in 1 Corinthians it tells us they drank from the rock. Maybe you guys might know the story, you might not, but the, the Israelites were thirsty, they didn't have any water. So God told Moses, command this rock for water to flow from it. And so he, he disobeyed, and this is a, sort of a sad story, and we won't go down that road, but he disobeyed and he actually struck the rock. He struck it, I think, three times, if I'm correct, and the water started to flow from it. But in, in 1 Corinthians, it tells us that the water flowed from the rock that they drank from in the wilderness, and the, water, and the rock was what? Do you know? It says the rock was Christ. Christ was with them in the wilderness, and he was the source of water, the source of life in the desert. When you're in the wilderness, and I'm in the wilderness, and times are tough, times are hard, things are stressful between me and my spouse, or my kids, or my boss, or my neighbors, I just can't 
seem to catch up. I feel directionless. I feel lost. I wake up and I don't know why I should, why I should even get up out of bed or I go to sleep and I hope I won't wake up in the morning. Something would happen or things would magically change. Elves would come and change my whole life somehow in the middle of the night. When that, when that is going on, he is there with us. You don't need your circumstances to change. You need to eat and to drink deeply of him. See, the disciples were charged to feed the crowd with nothing. And just as they're charged to feed the crowd with nothing, we are charged to feed the overwhelming crowd that is around us in Myrtle Beach. That is overwhelmingly either stuck in dead religion, empty works, or they're just living it up and they're wondering if this is all there is. We are charged to feed them in the middle of this wilderness that we find ourselves in. And the only way that we can, just like the disciples that came with practically nothing in their hands, we have five loaves of bread and two fish to feed this great crowd that is around us. And we say there's a couple of dozen of us here in this room God, and there's 300,000 people in this area. Oh, how, what do we do? We come and we bring that to him. And we know that we can feed the overwhelming crowd because we have feasted deeply of him ourselves. You see, Jesus came because sheep need a shepherd. You and I need a shepherd. And he will lead us through the wilderness on purpose in order for us to see that we need him and we don't need what he brings to the table. We don't need him to change the circumstances or take us out of the wilderness. We need him. We need him. And then we go, just as he told the disciples to go feed the crowd, then we go because the sheep around us need a shepherd as well. We don't have to be those shepherds. We just have to come with our empty hands and let God do whatever it is that he does between my, my basket, my hand, and their mouth. I don't know how that works. So some, somewhere between here and there, something happens. Your neighbors, your family members, your coworkers. So this morning, let us drink deeply of him. Let us feast on him. Let him, let the good shepherd this morning speak to you wherever you are. And find there in him all that you need. You don't need anything else. You'll need a better leader, a better spouse, a better boss, a better job, a better house, a better area to live in, a better anything. You just need him. Let's pray. Father, of your goodness we have all received. Beyond measure. God, we continually, though, buy into the lie that says that we need something to change. 
if I could just catch my breath, if, if, if I could get on the other side of this deadline, if I could finally nail down a, a husband or a wife, if we could just have a kid, if I could get a better job, if I could get above this salary range, if I could get out of this neighborhood, if I could close that deal, if, if, if our church could get above a certain number, if this, this or that, if anything, whatever happens, whatever it is that for us, it feels like the answer that would get us out of this wilderness, this loss feeling, this feeling of, that, that we, that, that irritating feeling that we don't have enough in our pockets or in ourselves to, to answer what we need. And so Father, I pray that you would bring us to repentance this morning. And wherever we are, you would bring us to repentance. And that in a very mysterious and real way that you would help us to feast and to drink deeply of you this morning. Awaken our dead hearts And then help us to go out with our empty hands, with the few bits of bread and fish that we bring to the table and let you do that miraculous thing that you do between our hands and the mouths of our neighbors and friends and coworkers. And let us go because we found that you are enough. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Doxa Church. We are so glad that you took the time to join us today. At Doxa, we exist to make disciples who joyfully worship Jesus with their whole lives. We invite you to join us. Doxa Church meets at 10 a.m. every Sunday at River Oaks Elementary School. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org.